My name is Amy Toner and I'm a first year master's student at New England Conservatory and I'm one of the NOVA Fellows. I am super thrilled today to be talking to members of SAGE, both um, present and previous. And um, we have five people here today to speak with us. So thank you so much, Sammy, Cheyenne, jean V, Chloe, and Melissa for being here today. Before we get started with introductions, would it be possible for SAGE's current co-presidents to give a brief description of your organization? Yeah, I could do that. Um, so I'm Sammy. SAGE basically stands for Students Advocating for Gender Equity, um, not equality as it is said on all of the NEC websites, but they haven't changed. Um, but basically we make spaces for students to talk about gender equity and all of its intersections um, from sharing personal experiences through like global issues and pop culture and just being able to make that connection between social justice and music and just exploring the relationship between gender and like the NEC experience. And we do this through meetings every week and several different events throughout the year where we try and engage with students and faculty together and separately and also communities outside of NEC too. Fantastic, awesome. Um, so we are so lucky to have five speakers today. Um, it'd be wonderful if we could go around this virtual room and introduce ourselves. If you could include your graduation year, major, your pronouns and your affiliation of SAGE, that'd be fantastic. And if time allows it, I'd also love to hear about where you're calling from and what projects you might be working on. Sammy, how about you start since you just spoke? Okay, um, I'm Sammy. I use the she series of pronouns and I'm graduating this semester. Thank goodness. Um, and <laughs> uh, my major is flute performance in the classical department and I'm a co-president of SAGE. I'm calling in from California and Right now, I'm working on getting through this semester. Um, <laughs> I'm also working at a nonprofit in LA called California Latinas for Reproductive Justice, which is super cool. And just working on my recital and um, my capstone project, which is for a liberal arts minor in women and gender studies. Nice. So my name is Chloe Louise Brisson. Um, I graduated from NEC in 2017. Uh, I was a jazz voice major and I did my undergraduate uh, at NEC. Um, and I use she, her, hers pronouns. Um, I was the co-founder of SAGE with Melissa. Um, I guess we were co-presidents technically too. <laughs> um, and I'm currently calling in from Vermont, uh, where I am incubating a new project of music that I started writing while I was up in the Arctic Circle last fall on a residency. And I'm making maple syrup right now. It's my other job. So uh, spending lots of hours out in the woods and doing that. Uh, my name is Melissa Weikart. I also, with Chloe, was a co-founder and co-president of SAGE. Um, I use the SHE series and I graduated in 2018. I did my master's in CI and I play piano and I sing and I write music. And I'm calling in from Strasbourg in France where I am among many different things, um, but musically I'm working on a new album that's kind of been in the works for a while so hopefully it'll be out into the wilderness soon and um working on a new duo project for a festival that's happening in a month here um which will be interesting a small virtual social distant festival but nonetheless <laughs> a gig which is kind of wild so 
Um, I can go next. Um, I'm Cheyenne. I use she, her pronouns. Um, I'm an oboist. I'm an oboe major. Um, I no longer go to NEC, but I did not graduate from NEC. Um, I went to NEC for three years. Uh, and then I transferred last year to um, Boston University so that I can um, get another degree alongside music. Um, I co-led Sage with uh, Grace Ward and Jolie Gordon my junior year at NEC, which was the 2019-2020 school year. Um, right now I'm calling in from Colorado um, and I've just been doing school remotely. So current projects are getting a sociology degree. Um, and I also work at the Boston Area Rape Crisis Center, um, which is also known as BARC. Um, I do um, outreach and education work there. And my favorite part of my job is giving trainings about um, sexual violence prevention, bystander intervention, and supporting survivors. I can go. So my name is John B. Madon, and I'm one of the co-presidents right now of SAGE with Sammy. Um, I'm going to be graduating in 2023 because I'm currently in my sophomore year in the jazz department. Um, and I play clarinet and saxophone. Thanks. <laughs> and um, I'm also just, you know, getting through online school right now. Outside of that, I released some music um, like a couple, a month ago, I think, on Spotify and some other places, which was exciting. And I also do a lot of community organizing in Washington, which is where I'm calling from. So that's been keeping me busy. Awesome. Thanks, everyone, so much. Um, this is just so exciting. So um, just to move on into more about SAGE itself. Um, so SAGE has been an essential force on campus for the past five years. So it's a fairly new group, um, but obviously has done so much since its start. Um, since we have SAGE's co-founders, um, original co-founders here, Chloe and Melissa, as well as our current SAGE board members, this would be a fantastic space to outline the organization's history. Um, Chloe and Melissa, do you mind speaking about the start of SAGE? Yeah, we'd love to. Um, well, the origins of SAGE, which actually we were just meeting up and chatting about them to refresh our memories um, last, sorry, not uh, half an hour ago. I was going to say like last week, but it was half an hour ago. Um, we, what am I saying? So we, uh, we talked about a Facebook post that Chloe posted in September 2016, and Chloe was like, Hey, anybody want to chat about gender in the conservatory? I'd really like to make a safe space to talk about um, anything related to gender and, and the conservatory and music experience. And I think I commented or something of the sort. And we you commented and said, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I commented and said, yes, yes, yes. Okay. Correct. I would here if you want to yeah, just close. go through it real quick um yeah so I posted uh, in 2016 I just said I was taking a great class with professor Tanya Kalmanovich um and she was teaching a class about I think it was just focusing on uh women's history in music um and I had posted, you know, during a conversation after class one day, Professor Tanya Kalamanovich and I discussed setting up a conversation at NEC about women and music slash gender and music slash navigating the challenges of conservatory as a young woman. If you are interested in participating, 
let me know and I will add you to the doodle poll. All are welcome, women, men, cis, trans folks, and we hope this will be a comfortable and casual environment in which we can have an open and diverse discussion that considers perspectives, experiences, and ideas from all sides. So that was like the first thing on September 26, 2016. And I tagged a bunch of my girlfriends um, from school and Melissa was one of them. And that was sort of the beginning of it all. I think I had been having those conversations because especially in the jazz department had been experiencing a, a lot of gender inequity um, and marginalization, um, you know, not just as a young woman, but, you know, like seeing a lot of people around me that had marginalized identities, not, uh, you know, being given the due or the time uh, or the safe spaces. And so I think, you know, Melissa and I were sort of both in that space where we were having our own experiences and seeing others in, you know, in our close friendships and in our peer groups going through similar experiences and um, yeah, I posted it and Melissa was like, absolutely. And you want to take it from there, Melissa? <laughs> yeah, okay, I'll, I'll take the relay. So then, um, then we had a meeting with, we had some sort of informal slash somewhat official club meeting at Uno's, which doesn't exist anymore, but was the old watering hole, if you will. <laughs> it was, it was. <laughs> oh, yeah, the old meet and greet place. Um, I need to stop saying these weird phrases, but here we are. Also, I don't speak English that much right now, so things are just coming up. Um, so we met at Uno's with Tanya and Chloe, and I think a bunch of other people came, and we shared feelings and beers and chatted about our plans and our hopes and dreams for, for what Sage could be. I'm not sure that we had the uh, title yet, but we, had, we were... I think you and I did a brainstorm one day and we, we figured it out. And right. um, I think that was after, after the UNOS hang. <laughs> I think it was after the UNOS hang and we wanted some sort of acronym that was easy to say all together. So Sage was born and I'm happy to hear about the, I noticed the name change. Like, I think it was probably a year or two ago. And I was, I was very happy about that name change. I Agreed. Like, well, well done. Yeah. Agreed that is more uh pertinent to the to the mission of sage so also in our in our detective work um when we were chatting with chloe we found a google doc of our first meeting oh yeah so we have some evidence slash <laughs> <laughs> evidence there <laughs> <laughs> some artifacts primary sources um so he our working statement was we are a club dedicated to exploring the relationship between gender and music by facilitating open conversation in a safe space we challenge the ingrained sexism that has shaped our school and society we hope to inspire change both within the institution and the local community so that was the first mission statement which i'm sure has evolved i'm not I don't know if I don't know if I've seen the current one, but I'm sure that it has evolved with time. Um, but essentially, this was kind of the birth of Sage. We developed a mission statement. We went to the SAC. We got officialized as a club. That's not a word, but it could be. And um, a few highlights were we had a, a sort of activity with the group called Step Into the Circle um and it was a step into the circle if 
for example, you've been um, called disrespectful or sexist names. Uh, you've seen women being sexualized in the media. You felt like you don't belong in a rehearsal. Those are just like some of the, I'm just kind of reading some of the statements that we, we had. Um, and Chloe, do you want to talk a little bit about uh, yeah, sure. It was it was a incredibly it was something that Melissa had brought in as an idea, and we sort of had brainstormed, you know, some questions to start off with and get it going with. And um, it was our first meeting, I believe, and we had a, a really shocking and kind of inspiring turnout. Um, there were, I think, probably twenty ish, twenty five people there, and out of those, it was probably 60% women and 40% men. Um, and, you know, guys in our community that were our friends who had shown up just to be present and and be a part of the conversation and hear us and that kind of thing. Um, and so it was actually especially poignant because we had done this um, exercise of Step Into the Circle and mm -hmm. it was just incredibly powerful and I think it really like set the tone of you know what we were here to talk about and how serious some of these things are and how they truly affect us and it actually we had so many moments where you know somebody would make a statement step into the circle if and every single woman in the room would step into the circle and every single man in the room was on the outside and it was it, you know if people started to cry all of us, you know, both, you know, all, everyone who was involved, it was just this incredibly sort of uh, visceral and stark um, illustration of a lot, a lot of these things that, you know, we carry inside of ourselves, or we talk to our friends about, or our loved ones about, but uh, just being in a room full of people that, you know, you go to class with, and you're in ensembles with, and, and having this moment of vulnerability, um, I think was was a like moment for both Melissa and I where we were like whoa this is actually this might be something with longevity that's gonna work you know and, and it feels like it's really needed here. Well thank you both so much for that that is just so cool that you have all those original <laughs> all those original pieces of evidence to to really bring us back. Um, Facebook stock of ourselves and a little <laughs> search in the Gmail. Yeah, it was great too because I, I see actually on this on this um, Google Doc too. We you know had we did this exercise and then we had a big discussion after it about like you know what did this bring up for you and you know so it was I think looking back really positive because it wasn't just sort of this raw vulnerable experience there was also sort of a moment of like okay let's come back together and you know talk through this and share with like how did that make us feel just in the past 20 minutes kind of thing and I think that that was something that we were happy that we did looking back on it remembering it now yeah that sounds like such a powerful moment um it's just incredible yeah, so I guess just moving forwards. Um, so obviously this was the start of Sage and um, probably one of the large shifts that has recently gone through as we've all gone through is the current pandemic. Um, Shaina, you were working with Sage um, during the pandemic and I was wondering if you could maybe speak about um, some things that happened during that time. Yeah, definitely. Um, 
it was really great to hear those origin stories of Sage and thank you guys both for sharing that. Um, it's really cool how I think the mission has definitely evolved, but a lot of those same core things that I think everyone in this space right now wanted from Sage are like, they were there at the beginning and they're still here now, which is really telling, I think of what you guys said that like, it's really needed. Um, so yeah, obviously everything changed with the pandemic. Um, so I was leading Sage from, uh, for the year of 2019 to 2020 um, with Grace and Jolie. Um, and, um, at that point, you know, it was kind of hard to get people to show up to things. People are really, really busy. If you remember like the before times, <laughs> it was like hard to schedule anything. Um, you know, we had concerts, we had meetings, but, um, and we would have good turnout sometimes, but not all the time. Um, and then the pandemic hit, um, and everyone was like evicted from campus and Boston and, um, Sage didn't do very much for like a month or so, um, but we decided to create um, like a group online that would meet every once in a while. It ended up being once a week um, to catch up and just have those important conversations that um, it sounds like Chloe was really wanting to have in 2016 why Sage started. Um, and I think through the years, those conversations weren't had as much and it turned more into like concerts or um, programs, events. Um, and then the conversations happened a little bit less. And so I think that with the pandemic, you know, we didn't really have any other option. And it was a really good time to really bring that back and really talk about like what has been going on at conservatory, what's going on in Boston, in the world. Um, what does that have to do with gender? What does that have to do with race, with sexuality, with all of these intersections of our identities? Um, and that's what we started doing. Um, I think it was it was really great. Um, I really enjoyed it. It kind of became this really nice space um, that I know I looked forward to, and I think other people did too, especially because people were really lonely and isolated. Um, and also the world was crazy. I think people needed a space to unpack everything that happened. Um, you know, last year and I mean, continuing on, I like the SAGE meetings have continued um, through the school year on Zoom. Um, and yeah, sometimes we would post articles or podcasts, people would come with like topics or questions, things they wanted to talk about. Um, and we talked about everything from police abolition to glorifying abuse in the music industry to just how people are coping during the pandemic. Um, and it was a really powerful space. Um, I don't know if John B or Sammy, you want to say anything about that either. Um, I was just going to move forward to talk a little about some of the initiatives and projects that happened as well. Um, there were some uh, petitions that were going on over the summer of 2020. Um, some were SAGE affiliated and others were started by SAGE directly. Um, there was one that was put together, John B and I both worked on it with some other friends that was tor centered towards um, racial justice. Um, and then another about a month or so later, um, Sammy, John B and I created a petition um, advocating for um, Title IX protections for students um, because the Trump administration's um, new guidelines were quite evil. Um, and some of these things were really successful. I felt like um, us leading some of those initiatives 
um, helped NEC students see that like advocacy and um, social change is like possible um, because I don't think people really outside of spaces like Sage, people don't really talk about those things. NEC has kind of seen a lot of like, well, this is music, like let's do music. When really like in a lot of ways, I think we have a responsibility to care about social issues as musicians. Um, and I think that we helped people see that even if they didn't want to come to a meeting every week, you know, we showed them like we can tell the school how we feel <laughs> and we can ask for more. Um, and some of the things were successful, some of them weren't. Um, I, I do think that NEC really wants to do good, like they want to, but um, they don't actually want to like do the work to get all of that done all the time. Mm -hmm. um, and at a school like NEC where the majority of students are not marginalized because of their race, it's really easy for the institution to ignore the problems. And it's really unfortunate because a lot of students at NEC really struggle and students are often left to fix their own problems or student groups like SAGE are left to fix the problems of everyone or like the Black Student Union. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I'm, sometimes the clubs end up doing the work and the people in the clubs especially end up doing the work for free that the institution should be providing for people. Um, and I, I want to be clear, like I don't regret any of that work that I've done or anything that I've done to help people or honestly any of the trouble or disruption that I caused when I was at NEC um, because I think people really needed it and I think people really needed SAGE and they still need SAGE. Um, and I guess I just hope that in the future some of those some of those inequities that are literally just caused by student leaders doing the work of an institution um, need to be solved and taken care of. Yeah, that is huge. Thank you so much for, for sharing all that and for everything everyone here does. It's just incredible. Um, so Sammy and John V, since you both are the current co-presidents, um, it'd be great to hear about the organization's most recent events and accomplishments um, in line with this. That'd be fantastic. Yeah, so I'll just start from like where Cheyenne left off with last summer and the Title IX petition that we started. I think that was really cool because we had a lot of collaboration with members of stage and students. Like it wasn't just the co-presidents, it was like all of these people getting together because they really cared. Um, and that was also in response to like an Instagram account that happened that was just like awful. Um, I won't, I don't wanna talk about that as much, but um, basically from that, like we did have some success, like Cheyenne was saying, like. NEC did hire a new Title IX consultant and a new coordinator, but we're still trying to figure out like and be in the loop about supposed faculty trainings. Um, but yeah, there's just still a lot of work that needs to be done institutionally and federally, just at all levels. Um, but I think right now we've just been really focused on confronting rape culture between peers and the student body through our weekly meetings where we talk about gender and the gender binary um, through conservatory examples. Like our last meeting, we actually talked about Call Me By Your Name Montero, um, Will Nas X's new song. And it's, yeah, our weekly meetings are a really great thing that we have. Um, some other things we did last semester, we had bark trainings, which is where Cheyenne works. And Cheyenne actually gave the trainings to NEC, which was, hilarious and really cool that she did that um and we basically had a bystander intervention training um and a survivor speaker training which was really powerful and um both students and faculty showed up to that which was really important and like 
it was it was a good turnout for <laughs> our small school and I just hope that's something that becomes like more ingrained within the institution um yeah Dromi do you want to talk about the lecture series we had sure um so I think a big thing for Sammy and I with running stage was thinking about the fact that like we don't want to reinforce any idea that you can only like that this is only a space to talk about gender equity or that any you know issues of identity exist like in a void like that because everyone is carrying like is a living example of intersections so um we've done a lot of collaborating with other clubs and something that was really cool this past semester was we did a three-part series with the black student union um, where we talked about these intersections of race and gender and ethnicity and sexuality and music um and it had a really great turnout so it, it was really cool we put a we definitely put a lot of planning into it and you never really know i think with this online format but i think in some ways um it's worked better to be online because people can have their cameras off and people don't feel you know as like perceived sometimes or like as conscious um coming to spaces like this so that was really great and we also did some collaboration with the Asian Student Association which we're hoping to do more with in the future um, and we're going to be also working with the environmental club so yeah we've just been doing a lot of collaborating um, outside of that I think one good thing that also came out of the petitions was that we were able to be involved with the hiring processes for several new administrators at NEC, including the fact that they're establishing a DEI office for the first time, um, which was something we'd asked for. And so we were part of interviewing the candidates for director of that, which they just hired someone. So that is hopeful, I guess. I don't know if it's more than that, but it does make me feel hopeful. Um, and I don't know if, if you want us to talk about future stuff or? Yeah, that would be great. Um, I'd love to hear from everyone, honestly, what what future stuff that's in, in the works and also maybe just like broader ideas of what you think um, SAGE should do, yeah. Yeah, actually, I'd really love to hear from everyone what they would want to see from SAGE in the future because Sammy and I talk about this a lot, but um, I, we definitely have some big ideas we don't know for sure. One thing that we want to do in the future is establish a kind of SAGE network where any similar clubs at other conservatories, like we get in touch with them and we can help each other make changes and maybe even beyond conservatories. Um, and then outside of that, I think, I've been thinking about this a lot because Sammy's gonna be graduating. So next year, it's kind of like more on me to think about what SAGE is gonna be. And I think, um, one thing we're thinking about doing is sort of like ahead of time, maybe like having, like planning like well ahead of time certain like research or like historical things to do with, you know, equity and, and music that we might want to talk about. And then having like one meeting every month that we know is going to be like to dive into some sort of like really like, um, you know, more detailed conversation, more of like a real discussion about like yeah, if that makes sense, versus like having it be more whatever people want to bring. Because I want to like keep a balance of like, it is just a safe space to just like catch up with each other. But then maybe sometimes we want to like have a more clear distinction so people know ahead of time. 
um, what it's going to be about, and then just making sure we keep doing the monthly concerts because that's been really great. I think that uh, the idea about the network with other conservatories is a really good idea because I feel like there's I can be it can be really overwhelming and something that I noticed um, is just when when we're working in terms of student groups it can be kind of tempting to feel like you need to 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 really like rebuild everything from scratch and to be like okay what are the ways that we're going to confront this problem what are the solutions that we can put in place and then it can be really I think um, kind of calming and and beneficial to to think that there's other organizations that are doing just that and so pooling the resources and pooling the sort of um brainstorms and seeing different ideas that have been put in place and how they worked i think uh can be really positive and also can kind of help combat the fatigue that can set in um but i'm just hearing all of your projects and your lecture series and the bystander intervention and um the collaborations with bsu that you've been doing i'm I'm just really happy to hear all of this, and um, I, I'm, I don't want to speak for Chloe, but I'm, I never really imagined that like Sage would blossom into this, and so I just kind of feel a lot of um, just like respect and, and, and appreciation for what the, all the work that you guys have done. I'll just jump in there if it's okay, just since you started that, but yeah, just, I mean, First of all, amazing idea with sort of starting a network, I think, especially maybe amongst, you know, other very uh, well-known high-powered conservatories is a great place to start. You know, Manhattan School of Music, Juilliard, Berkeley, places where there are, are going to be other people that identify as women that are, you know, going through these challenges. And, um, and also just, you know, I'd like to jump on what Melissa said and just express, you know, deepest gratitude to you guys for continuing this on. I mean, I think when we started it, uh, we certainly hoped that it was something that would have some longevity and some continuity. Uh, and, you know, we were both sort of like moving on to graduating and different things. And we both really, really hoped that it would continue. Um, and I'm just, you know, it's such a beautiful thing that you guys have taken up the mantle and continued on and, you know, blossomed it into this thing that I think probably neither Melissa or I could have really yeah. imagined it as initially. Um, and so, yeah, just, you know, deepest gratitude to all of you for, uh, you know, continuing on this legacy and keeping these conversations present and relevant and, you know, doing the work um, because it's, it's just so important. And, you know, when we started as like a little baby, club you know we're kind of like where is this gonna go you know what are we gonna do with this and I think that you know we set some good groundwork but you guys have really uh you know made it what it is now five years later and you know just want to express my appreciation for doing that work for us and for everyone at NEC and people in the music community you know it's it's incredibly needed um you know I'm actually not really in the jazz community anymore um, because of so many of my experiences in that. Um, you know, I'm still doing music uh, in different aspects, um, but, you know, the music community and at least in my experiences, especially the jazz community, really, really need this work. And um, it's hugely important and you guys are awesome for doing it. So thank you. Um. 
in terms of talking about hopes for Sage, I'm going to be a little bold. <laughs> um, I hope that the institution takes more responsibility to do the work that is needed, um, such as, you know, like, I don't think it's okay that it's up to student clubs to ask for bystander intervention trainings. Yeah. Um, obviously, we're at that, they have to, because the institution is doing it, but um, that needs to change. And I think that while all of us here were slash are willing to put in the time, the effort, the energy, we care, we want this space, we know it wouldn't exist if we weren't the ones making it happen. Um, and that's not the point. I guess I hope that there is just more support moving forward so that um, student leaders especially, but just others as well, you know, don't burn out so easily um, yeah. or lead to people like me leaving the institution who aren't supported. Um, and I think that that's, that's huge and that the school hasn't taken responsibility for that and is obviously, I think, I think the school is extremely grateful that these clubs exist um, and they feel probably very proud of the students who do this work and carry it on, but um, but the students need support. I mean, the students who especially these clubs like SAGE, like ASA, like BSU, these are marginalized students. These are students who are living through, living through shit. <laughs> I don't know if I'm allowed to say that on this podcast. Um, but, you know, like we're, we're not, we don't have power. We, we're students, we're paying the institution and we are just trying to like survive and get through it. Conservatory is hard, college is hard. And then like existing as young women or young women of color in 2021 in a powerful white institution is hard. And all of those things are true and difficult. And I think that the, the school just needs to have some support for especially I think the student leaders. I mean, I know, I assume Sammy and John, you know, I don't wanna speak for anyone else, but it's hard to lead a club. It's exhausting. The amount of hours that you spend working on it. And it's because we care. I was, again, I was very happy to do all of it. I wouldn't have not done it, <laughs> but you know, I needed support. I wanted support. And when you step into these roles, the school, while it's, I think, super important that, you know, people like John V and Sammy get to sit on hiring committees for a title nine coordinator or a DEI officer, um, they weren't compensated for their time. Right. You no. Know? And yeah. the same can be said for the other students that are asked as well. Other students who are marginalized, Black students, queer students are asked to sit on these committees. I was asked to be on DEI task forces. I wasn't compensated for my time. I was asked to give my emotional energy and labor to better the institution. And then I wasn't listened to. Right. So those things do need to change. And that can't be changed by SAGE. SAGE needs to exist for so many reasons, but SAGE needs support. And need all student clubs need that. Shifts. Exactly what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I, I completely I agree with you and thank you for saying that. And I also hope that, you know, my thank you to you guys is not seen as taking responsibility off the institution for doing needing to do the work that they need to do, because just because you guys have stepped up into these positions um, does not mean that, you know, it is all fair and equitable in, you know, the amount of emotional labor and energy that you're putting into it. And that's also recognized, you know, here we are, young women, putting massive amounts of emotional labor into 
changing the things around us to make them more tenable and you know, <laughs> like what else is new <laughs> but uh, I thank you for saying that Cheyenne I think it's an incredibly important point um and especially somebody like you who has been doing this during COVID like not just leading a club but leading a club during a global pandemic and lots of challenges and you know, uh, support is absolutely deserved and needed and, um, you know, required, frankly. Yeah, everything I was going to say, Cheyenne just said, like, thank you. <laughs> I appreciate you. I love you. Um, <laughs> I could talk about how much I love Cheyenne, like, forever. Um, you can edit that out if you want. I don't care. But um, yeah, and I think thinking about like goals in the future for the long term, we've been talking a lot about, because obviously we talk a lot about the issues that are happening presently and like right now, what we can do about it, that's tangible. But we also think long-term of like, what do, what do we want like gender to look like in society and in conservatory? And I think the long-term goal would like be dismantling the gender binary and deconstructing what conservatory even means and like all of the barriers of, to entry for musicians in the music and like in the arts. Um, yeah, but I think what would stay the same about Sage in a world like that would still be, it would still be a space that we can like just come and learn and grow and be able to have those conversations. Um, yeah, that's it. Those are my thoughts. I think it would be amazing too, just like being in this space with you guys right now, like just to have some kind of intergenerational alumni network situation you know I it's so fabulous to meet you guys and speak with you and I've sort of been out of the scene a little bit over the past few years just doing some different stuff and um it's really it just feels really grounding and really special to reconnect and you know um I would love to, you know, as an alum, be involved and, you know, as much of a part of future stuff as I possibly can and just be in the loop. You know, I think if we can have some kind of community of all the folks that have been a part of the group, whether you're still at NEC or not, I think that that could be really powerful and important too, because it's just a, it's a great reminder being here today with you, you all about, you know, even though I'm up in the middle of the woods in the middle of nowhere <laughs> that, you know, this is part of my life and these are experiences that I've had and, um, you know, experiences that we've all had and shared. And, um, you know, it's, I think it's important to continue that and continue that network of people. I mean, 20 years down the line, who knows, I might run into, you know, John V or Sammy or Amy or, you know, it's, Oh, we have that connection from Sage at NEC. Um, so just a thought there. Yeah, I would literally love that. My heart is so full of like love and butterflies <laughs> right now. Maybe I'm just a cancer, but like, you know, this is this is a great conversation, and like, I'm I'm just happy to share the space with you all. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Yeah. And I had one more thing to add to Shiana's um, point earlier, which is I I actually recall. Um, my second year leading Sage, uh, I was ex initially excited because I was invited to speak at a board meeting and to speak at another sort of official gathering of faculty members or administrators. I don't exactly remember what it was, but I remember being excited 
at the onset because I was like, okay, this is an opportunity to share what Sage is doing and to sort of put um, to share our needs and to and to really concretely ask for structural support and and what was kind of a little maddening, honestly, and which I'm sure you you all can relate to in this sort of institutional kind of the games that we play within institutions and and the various kind of maze of administration, um, which was that a lot of people were super supportive at the onset, like, yeah, that's a great idea. That's amazing. I support you. What can I do? And then once you say these are this is what we need structurally, um, this is the kind of institutional support we need. We need more of a budget. We need professionals that are coming into this space to help um, shift power dynamics and to make the institution more um, more accessible um, and not just for the white men that uh, founded the conservatory, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and so I found that a lot of people were supportive as individuals, but then um, at the at the structural level, like once the individual kind of was zoomed out, um, I, I found that all of our asks were sort of, they were, the promises were empty. Um, we had a lot of support and then, and then we would follow up with emails and then there would be nothing of it. And then we'd be invited to the next sort of meeting and also do the work to kind of give a positive impression of the institution to the board members. Um, and I found that a parallel, I found that there was a parallel in, um, and people who did a lot of photo shoots for the institution, they're plastered all over Boston um, and just a lot of things that aren't compensated. And it's the students that are doing this. And then it, it feels very superficial. Um, and I think that that is really frustrating. And I think that that leads to student burnout. And I'm sure. Um, and so that needs to be that needs to be tackled. And, and I think the institution knows what it needs to do, but the work is it's in their hands and it's really tough and it means dismantling a lot of people that have been just pillars of the institution for a long time. Um, does yeah. anyone else get nervous when you see yourself talking in Zoom? Because I do. That's my face. Oh God. <laughs> and my voice. Oh and God. My voice. Ah! <laughs> um, I know we're like running low on time, but I just want to add to that um one yes had the very same experience yeah. um i think a lot of us have but um i think what actually needs to be said um is that and what isn't said and thought of is that that lack of support and that um those empty promises the listening but not doing action not supporting student leaders burnout exploiting students that mm -hmm. leads to people quitting music yep absolutely and I know NEC doesn't want that. <laughs> I know that NEC does not believe in that. And I think it needs to be said very clearly, when you yeah. don't support your students, when you don't support your marginalized students, they quit music. Yeah. Because they yeah. trust the institution when they get there. We all got to NEC, I can't speak for all of us. I got to NEC and I was so happy to be there. It was mm -hmm. my dream, my literal dream come true. And it's a very real thing that, um, they they should not take lightly when you don't support your students yeah they quit and when you don't support women musicians when you don't support um 
queer students, when you don't support black students, brown students, they quit music because yeah. you don't support them. And that's not an understatement. <laughs> that's the truth. And frankly, as an institution that touts itself as the oldest conservatory in the United States and very, very high level and incredibly, you know, graduates and trains incredibly virtuosic musicians, we should not be in a situation where anybody is walking out of those doors and quitting music. I mean, if you decide that you don't want to do music for because of own personal reasons or path or, you know, your own life choices, that's absolutely fine. But an institution that is, you know, known as one of the best institutions to go to as a young musician should not be inspiring people in the opposite direction ever, ever. You know, if people leave, it should be because of other reasons that, you know, they have decided they want, would like to do something different. And it's, you know, it's, this is not just some random music program. Like this is the New England Conservatory uh, and there needs to be responsibility there for sure. Great point, Shiana. Yeah. Yeah, I love know that you can't, divorce, you can't divorce music from social is issues or from identity or from any sort of lived experience. You can't divorce music. I mean, it's something yeah. that informs and reflects what's going on in our in our world. And, and, um, and it's not just this thing that exists in a vacuum that you do. I mean, you interact as an individual, as an artist, you're interacting with music and it's embedded in your, in your, in your being. And so it's going to infiltrate and and affect all of your um and just interact with all of your your experiences absolutely i think there's also just very quickly like an uh you know when we are in these situations as young musicians when we are in you know, conservatory like situations uh you know it's it's such an intense heightened environment and i think it's important to recognize that it's so easy for people's identities to be consumed by that environment and by what you're working on and by your music and how good it is and those value judgments you know in a very different way that somebody who's going to you know bridgewater state university for business is not basing their self-worth on <laughs> you know, potentially how well they did and not saying that that's healthy or that we should be doing that. But I think conservatory environments um, really lend themselves to sort of this like all encompassing, you know, this is what my life is and everyone that I'm around is in this and this is what I do. And um, when those spaces aren't recognizing, you know, all the marginalization that's happening and all the people that need support and mental health support and academic support. And just, you know, it's, it's, they need to recognize that the curriculum and the experience that they put us through is also not just standard and that there needs to be a certain level of support that comes along with an incredibly intense and challenging collegiate experience. Uh, you know, I have a younger sister who's 21 and just graduated from aviation school. And, um, you know, that's kind of akin to conservatory and uh, where you just go and you fly and you learn to fly. And um, they had a lot of resources for those students. And it was really wonderful to see. But I wish that that, you know, that is also carried through in music. This conversation is so important and thank you everyone for bringing so much 
this. Um, this is definitely something we're going to touch on in our second iteration of this podcast series. We're so thrilled to have other members of SAGE as well as some of the members of this panel um, to continue speaking about these issues and um, the situation. And I just really appreciate everyone's time and commitment. Um, thank you all so much again. And um, for anyone who's listening, um, Sage can be found on New England Conservatory's website, and they, I believe, have an Instagram account, Facebook. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, um, um, I can plug the the ats. Absolutely. <laughs> um, it's at the Instagram is at Sage underscore NEC, and the Facebook, if you just look up Sage or Students Advocating for Gender Equity, it'll be under that. Yeah, so thank you so much again, and apologies for having to cut this very important conversation short, but there's much more to speak about that we will get to in about a week. So thank you so much again. Um, and thank you thank everyone you. for the time. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you guys for coming. Oh, thanks for having us.